Welcome to Digital Detectives, reports from the battlefront. We'll discuss computer forensics, electronic discovery, and information security issues and what's really happening in the trenches. Not theory, but practical information that you can use in your law practice, right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 70th edition of Digital Detectives. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, and we're coming to you today from the ABA annual meeting in San Francisco, so you may hear a little bit of background noise. And before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, SiteLock, the global leader in website security solutions. Learn more about SiteLock at sitelock.com forward slash legal. And I'm John Simic, Vice President of Sensei Enterprises. Today on Digital Detectives, our topic is Cybersecurity and the Solo Small Firm Lawyer. We're delighted to welcome as today's guest our longtime friend Jim Calloway, aka the Cowboy, who is the director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Jim is also a co-host with Sharon on the Legal Talk Network's Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology Podcast, and he's a frequent author and lecturer on law practice management topics. Great to have you with us today, Jim. Well, thanks for having me. It's a little bit different experience to be the guest as opposed to the host. I actually had to do some research in advance to make sure I could <laughs> cover the time. I, I have seen those scribbled notes, so I can attest to that. <laughs> Jim, we all know that years ago, solo and small firm attorneys were not paying too much attention, read sometimes none, to information security. How much has that changed recently and what's driving the change? I do think that there is a greater awareness in the solo and small firm community about this. And part of it is the media coverage, in my view. We've seen a lot of major news stories about data breaches for all sorts of companies. But also, I think a lot more people now know somebody that a digital disaster or a data breach or a ransomware has happened to. And so once it's happened to somebody, it's uh, much more uh, important on your mind. There's also an increasing understanding among all law firms that, that now a, a dead computer or a compromised network means the uh, whole law firm is out of business. And so people are more aware of that where that hasn't always been the case. And, and then finally, we have the new uh, model rule that says that lawyers should be aware of risks and benefits of the uh, relevant technology. So those are the main issues, I'd say. Well, Jim, I'm glad to hear you say that at least the lawyers are aware of the data breaches that are occurring because for sometimes they weren't even aware of that. But since they are aware of this, what, what do you think most alarms the solo small firm lawyer as they hear about these almost daily data breaches? <laughs> you mean besides the fact they don't know where to buy Bitcoin to uh, <laughs> unlock their computer? I can, I can help with that. <laughs> you have helped with that. Right. Well, again, it is the fact that every law firm is now reliant on computers. But I think the fear factor is really that most solo and small firm lawyers uh, don't have anywhere close to the background or technical expertise, in their opinion, to uh, take care of these things or to handle these things. And they've seen large companies, Sony, Target, and all these well-publicized breaches. And, and if, you know, if Target can't protect their customers' credit card information during the holiday shopping season, uh, solo and small firm lawyers are, what can I do? And so I think there really is a fear, but uh, I think we're paying more attention to it. And I've even had small law firms actually call me and ask about data breach notification plans. So that's a big step wow. forward. Oh, great. That's, <laughs> that's, great. that's a great advance. Yeah. So as a law practice advisor, have you seen more instances recently of law firm data breaches or ransomware? Because I know we have, and especially ransomware. Well, Oklahoma is a mandatory bar association. 
where I work, the Oklahoma Bar Association. And so we also handle discipline against lawyers. So I, I think sometimes I don't hear as much about data breaches because they're concerned about that they may <laughs> have breached some ethical obligation. Mm -hmm. But certainly, I'd guess that uh, a, a fair percentage of the lawyers in Oklahoma who've had ransomware attacks have contacted me, and, and we've discussed that. And I will say, I, the first thing I tell them, they may have less than perfect activity on their end, but I say, I'm not going to blame the victim. Let's pay attention. You are the victim of a crime here. But I, I think it's still, uh, I felt really uncomfortable having those conversations because the bottom line often is if the ransom is very small, even though none of us want to uh, pay a ransom in any level, at some point, if $500 would uh, uh, get your law firm back up and running, that's what a lot of them ended up doing after right. they've talked with me. Now, I think we're going to see an escalation in the prices in the very near future, and that may no longer be an alternative. We're already seeing escalation in some cases. Right. But Jim, how do you educate your lawyers about information security? Does any particular programs the bar has in local? Well, or we, we try to provide information in both uh, bite-sized and uh, larger form pieces. We uh, have an electronic newsletter that goes out monthly to our members, and so I try to include some tips about that, sometimes about security, sometimes about law practice management. We're having some leading national experts, uh, Sharon Nelson and John Simic, are doing a <laughs> webinar for us in the fall on cybersecurity. I've heard they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and nice a, people, too, I hear. That was so, a good, good plug, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, Subtle. that'll be for Oklahoma Bar members, and we're excited about that. Thank, thank you. <laughs> well, if I had to press you for giving us your five best cybersecurity tips, what would they be, Jim? Uh, that's really a tough question because there are, you know, at, at some level you could do 100 tips, and at some level it's hard to figure out the top five. But I would say the first one, particularly for solo and small firm lawyers, because they sometimes don't have the program they don't institutionally do this type of thing, is staff training and constant education to the staff about what to do and what not to do. And the thing about this type of training is you just can't tell somebody that the day they're hired and then expect they'll remember it a year or two later. So you need to talk about the threats. Uh, you have a duty to supervise your employees, and that certainly extends to cybersecurity. Uh, the other main thing, again, quoting uh, at least one, if not both of you, that we can no longer be assured that no matter what we do, it'll be sufficient and there won't be some sort of data breach. And so a backup with multiple copies of your data is really important. For solo and small firm lawyers in particular, I like the automated online backup that's stored offsite. We're all aware, or we're all aware anyway, I don't know that our listeners are, that if you are using the, uh, the cheap method that a lot of lawyers like to use, uh, having a hard drive plugged into your machine for the backup, if you do get something like ransomware, it'll encrypt that at the same time it encrypts the computer. If so it's, I, If it's I, plugged in. Yeah. If it's plugged in, right. Yeah. So I think multiple backups is really important. And finally, talking about client information and security, you need to be able to encrypt on demand now. And a lot of lawyers still don't know how to do that. And and I tell them if you, if you have an emergency and you haven't planned, then at least the idea of password protecting a Word document or a PDF file and then calling the person on the phone, that may not be the, the best military-grade encryption, but it's certainly better than doing nothing to password protect your documents. Uh, we've got a new member benefit of a product called Citrix ShareFile that has a nice little Outlook plugin that you can click anytime you want to encrypt an email and, and set different levels. And so we think that's really a, a great tool. Fourth, I'd say use a password manager anymore. You have to have long 
long passwords and they're just to be good passwords they should be too long where we can't remember it <laughs> and so uh, and and you shouldn't use the same password all the time so having a password manager considering also for the especially for secure data two-factor authentication uh, I've heard some discussions that now you know they're able to try to hack cell phones to get to the the text message but I'm still if they've got your password and then they are enough to hack your cell phone that's a pretty extreme case so two-factor authentication for our readers that don't know means that it's a password and then it generates it needs some other information it could be a token you carry on your key ring it could be biometrics like your fingerprint we don't really recommend fingerprints now because we're afraid of the data being lost the most common one is it texts a number to you that you enter in in addition to your password on your mobile device i always tell you though if you set up two-factor authentication please print off on paper and store carefully the idea of what i should do when i lose my cell phone otherwise you'll lock yourself out of everything i reset it yeah and and, and finally written policies, procedures, checklists. And I, I mentioned that specifically because a lot of solo and small firm lawyers don't do that as much as the larger firms. If you've only got one employee, you don't have to have as much information like that in terms of policy and procedures manuals. But this is one area it's so important for, and that way when something changes, you can uh, update your policies and, and procedures. So that's that's five quick tips. Well done. Yep. Well, Jim, we've been, we've been talking about policies, procedures, software, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, but what do you tell your, your lawyers about physical security? Not just securing the data, but physically. Well, <laughs> I think there's actually some port part of physical securing the data. I think your your server yes. needs to be in a locked room at all times, and laptops, if you're leaving them around, need to be also in a locked room. But yeah, we've seen more and more situations of law firms having intruders that have presented a danger, and I think at some point we're going to have to look. I've I've seen small firms now that do have you know cameras outside and cameras in the waiting room, so they can get an idea about that. I, I think most lawyers aren't quite ready for that, but certainly the basics of security of your home. I mean, it's foolish to have a law office that doesn't have a deadbolt. And I've seen lawyers in small mm -hmm. converted houses don't even have a deadbolt. So I think having a plan, uh, there's some really good videos, a uh, police department, I think Houston put out on, on what to do if there's an active shooter. That's kind of scary to, <laughs> wow. to do. And, 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 but I don't know, it, it certainly makes people more aware because in the legal profession, we deal with people who are often unhappy because they're in the system and unhappy with the result of the system. And sometimes also, besides unhappy, unhinged. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Uh, people with uh, mental problems tend to have more legal problems than the rest of us. <laughs> That is true. Well, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. At least 80 of the 100 biggest law firms in the country have been hacked since 2011. Protect your firm and your clients from cyber attacks with SiteLock. Their industry-leading cloud-based suite of website security solutions includes website scanning, web application firewall, including DDoS mitigation, and 24-7, 365 US-based customer support. Give your firm and your clients peace of mind knowing their information is secure. Learn more at sitelock.com forward slash legal forward slash digital detectives.
Does your law firm need an investigator for a background check, civil investigation, or other type of investigation? PINow.com is a -a one-of-a-kind resource for locating investigators anywhere in the U.S. and worldwide. The professionals listed on PINow understand the legal constraints of an investigation, are up-to-date on the latest technology, and have extensive experience in many types of investigation, including workers' compensation and surveillance. Find a pre-screened private investigator today. Visit www.pinow.com. Welcome back to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our topic is cybersecurity and the solo small firm lawyer. Our guest is Jim Calloway, the director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistant Program. We're recording today live at the ABA annual meeting in San Francisco. So if you should hear a little bit of background noise, that will explain why. <laughs> and the so, forklift backup horn. And the, yeah, <laughs> apparently there's one forklift here that's only operating in backwards with loud beeping noises. So it's been an interesting podcast to record. Jim, what do you tell your lawyers about mobile security, which I think is one of the greatest dangers to lawyers. They don't seem to understand it at all. Well, first of all, if you use a laptop, and I encourage solo and small firm lawyers to use a laptop as their primary device. It makes it easier to work at home and other things. But your laptop should, uh, without doubt, have a password. But it also, you should look at encrypting at least part of your hard drive, if not all of your hard drive. So if your data is lost, I've been uh, talking a lot about data breach notice. And uh, also HIPAA requirements. And in many cases, if you lose data that's encrypted, it's not really considered to be lost and you don't have any obligation to report. So I think that's important. But let's face it, the real action here is these ubiquitous phones that we all carry in our pocket. And uh, you definitely want the pin on your mobile device enabled and you don't want to just use the standard four digits. You want to go ahead and expand it to eight at least or, or something like that. I think the newer devices actually are set that way, but six, my phone's still six. 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 Okay. For the iPhone. Uh, also, you really want to understand and set up, you don't have to test it necessarily, but you want to understand and set up how the remote wipe devices work. <laughs> you wouldn't want to test that. You wouldn't want to test that. Well, you could when you first set up your phone, I guess. But, yeah. uh, and, and the location of the devices and whatever. But I think the main thing, you know, is concerning. We see a lot of lawyers trying to save on their data plan or by logging into hotspots and, and Wi-Fi hotspots, and that's just really a, a scary area. In fact, if you find yourself doing that all the time, I know it's a, a not a cheap item, but I really recommend you get one of those MiFi cards so you can just carry your own encrypted hotspot with you mm-hmm. uh, based on the cell phone network. But certainly, anytime you log into a hotspot, you, you think, well, Starbucks would be safe. But if the guy in line ahead of you is a hacker and he gets the Starbucks password, he can set up something that's called, you know, Starbucks Faster or Starbucks 2 or something, and then all the people that log in behind will uh, log into that network. So I think really be careful about Wi-Fi hotspots. I know uh, there was a recent news item at the Republican National Convention about how many people logged into fake Wi-Fi hotspots, and and I've seen John uh, manage over, over to pull over twelve hundred. Yeah, <laughs> twelve hundred, and I've yeah. seen John manage to even pull that off with the very sophisticated audience at ABA Tech Show. <laughs> so so I, I think being careful about your mobile devices. Obviously, you want to treat them carefully. We're all pretty careful about our phones now. Losing your phone has become one of the great traumas of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Jim, one of the arguments that we hear a lot is, I just can't afford it. How do you counter that argument? 
Well, it's kind of the old argument of uh, if you think it's expensive hiring a professional, try hiring an amateur. And if you think it's expensive not doing it, it's going to be a lot more expensive when something goes wrong. You know, the most important thing you can do, or one of the most important things you can do is free, is make sure you always accept the automatic updates, the security updates, particularly when one comes in. Because if you don't do that, uh, you're at risk particularly some of them, you may be at risk immediately. They may have learned of a new exploit. And so, and, and once you get behind on them, I've talked to lawyers about it, it becomes very painful to then try to do multiple updates. Uh, password managers are, are a great tool. Those don't have to be that expensive. I think LastPass is a buck a month for a, each mobile device, and, and some of them are 50 or 60 or something like that. I recognize that many solo and small firm lawyers are dealing with consumer clients the middle class is being squeezed and it's harder to make a living. But when you compare your hourly rate, just about what it would cost to do a few minor upgrades and to pay a little bit of attention to security and to make sure you've got a firewall, antivirus, all of those type of things, you just owe it to your client and yourself to do that because your clients could suffer if their information is compromised, but you also could suffer if your law firm is shut down or if you get some negative publicity. So you've got to spend the money sometimes. <laughs> What are your observations concerning lawyers moving to the cloud? Are you seeing a lot of law firms with no interest, considering, but only for some functions, or a lot of them that want to be totally cloud-based? And how do you advise them? Well, the cloud has been a challenge for all of us in the legal profession because we're all essentially control freaks to get into this. <laughs> and, and so the idea of giving my data to someone else, and I saw a great little sticker on a computer that said, there is no cloud. It had a crying face. It's just somebody else's computer. <laughs> but uh, for solo and small firm lawyers, I'm probably a bigger fan of the cloud than maybe the two of you are because so many solo and small firm lawyers are in towns where there's not even really expertise to help them set up and maintain things. And so one view would be to say, this is my personal view, of course, but one view would be to say, I'm putting my data in the cloud, so it's at risk. An equal view would say, I can't do security, so I'm outsourcing my security to an outfit that has engineers, security experts, and actually pays attention if something new happens every day. If I'm in court for three days and I'm doing my own security, some new exploit may have uh, reached the uh, webs that we know nothing about. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, Jim, when we do our security presentations, we actually have a photo of you in the presentation uh, as the person who brought us to the position that maybe if they can't handle the security, they ought to outsource it. Well, so. I, I didn't know that. Thank you for the honor. We're not going to ask you to autograph the slide, though. <laughs> so, Jim, are there resources that you can recommend for the solo small lawyers to kind of help them along in this area? You know, that's really challenging because of their... Uh, Many lawyers don't feel like they have the expertise to fully absorb the information. Certainly, I, I hate to give you two plugs in the same podcast, but you have recently <laughs> published the ABA book, Lockdown, for information security and also encryption made simple for lawyers is, is something else you've uh, given a lot of effort to. There are the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST standards, if you want to get down into the weeds and, and read those type of things. That's at www.nist.gov. We're really happy that the Legal Cloud Computing Association, because that's actually one of the other reasons I promote cloud computing. It's not just a matter of storing your data in the cloud, but there are some really great practice management tools that are based in the cloud. And I'm much happier when lawyers use a cloud-based tool that was designed for the legal profession, at least it was designed with security in mind, as opposed to consumer applications that are often designed more with convenience and simplicity in mind. So you just have to, you know, my blog, your blog, there's lots of information. You just have to do some 
internet research, you have to devote the time. And if you don't think you have the knowledge in the background, you just have to spend a little bit of time developing it. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us, Jim. You have a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you have a colorful style <laughs> that we all enjoy. And best yet, we get to enjoy it for the rest of the evening because we're taking you out to dinner. Uh, but thank you very much for being our guest on our podcast today. Well, I appreciate you. It's been a few years since I've actually been the guest on the podcast <laughs> as opposed to the host. So thank you very much for inviting me. Well, that does it for this edition of Digital Detectives. And remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please review us on iTunes. And you can find out more about Sensei's digital forensics, technology, and security services at SenseiENT.com. We'll see you next time on Digital Detectives. Thanks for listening to Digital Detectives on the Legal Talk Network. Check out some of our other podcasts on LegalTalkNetwork.com and in iTunes.